Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 129. Today's episode is all about exploring past lives for present healing. It's energy, memories our soul is carrying forward that might still be stuck in our space energetically, you know. So the past life comes up for a reason because. We can find healing, we can find wisdom from the lessons we've learned before, and then we can do some healing work around it to help release stuck blocks or old habits or patterns, and then begin to create a new space for you to move forward in trust and creating supportive, loving relationships. Or one lifetime, the story that you saw could mean so many different things for different people and what healing they need in the moment. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. Hi, friends and wild people. First off, if you haven't subscribed to the podcast yet, please hit the subscribe button. More subscribers means even better guests and tons more value. Plus, it helps me grow the show so more people can find it. And if you ask me, everyone could use a little more mind love. Today, we're going back in time. And by that, I mean we're exploring the concept of past lives. I got a past life reading right before the quarantine became official. It was so interesting. Growing up, I was taught not to believe in past lives. Actually, the idea of reincarnation was like an abomination. So not only was I taught that past lives are not real, I was also taught that just exploring the idea of them is like some cardinal sin. So as I grew up and started becoming my own person, I've been trying to break free from my childhood programming. It kind of reminds me of when I went off to college. I can vividly remember that first weekend that I was dropped off. It was like freedom that I had never felt before. Suddenly, I didn't have to ask for permission from anyone. I could just make plans and do them. I could stay out all night long. I could drink myself into oblivion. And guess what? I did, and more. I went totally ham, like I had to experience all the things I missed out on as quickly as possible to make myself a whole human. Although I'm pretty sure it just broke me down more, but that's another story. Well, I still feel similar with spirituality. There were so many things that I either never learned or was actually taught to fear. I've always been a rebel at heart, sneaking out, being experimental, pushing the boundaries. But despite my illusion of freedom, there was one invisible boundary that I wouldn't cross. I truly feared what seemed like wild spirituality, the unknown, the other side. Any form of spirit that wasn't the God I was taught to believe in. I actually called my mom to come pick me up from a birthday slumber party that I had been looking forward to for months the moment the Ouija board made its appearance, which was totally out of character for me because I loved sleepovers. I still do. Well, what I came to realize later was I never feared this wild spirituality, as I call it. What I actually feared was the God I was raised to believe in. 
I was afraid of the retribution by that God of expanding beyond this ideology. Well, I will never again allow my curiosity to be contained. And that's part of the premise of the Mind Love podcast, realizing that opening your mind expands your possibilities. So one idea, one belief at a time, I am opening my eyes and my mind and my heart, seeing what can be learned or gained from trying on different beliefs. How do I feel when I sit with them? What healing or transformation can be had through each new perspective? So today, let's see what can be gained through understanding past lives. Our guest is Stacia Sinesvet, a spiritual teacher and intuitive healer. She's been following her soul purpose for over 14 years, this lifetime at least, and she helps people with deep changes within their life by seeing blocks and empowering them with tools that are unique to a soul's path in the present moment. Three key things we will learn are how to decipher between your imagination and your intuition, how to uncover and clear energy blocks throughout multiple lifetimes, and some misconceptions about karma and the role it plays in our lives. And at the end of this episode, I'll share with you a fun thought exercise that you can play around with in meditation. And I want to apologize in advance. I recorded this interview over Zoom, which I will never be doing again, because the sound is just not quite as good, but the content is. So if this is your first time, just know it's usually a little better. Before we dive in, do you want to know the best way to get in touch with yourself a little more each day? Sign up for the Morning Mind Love for daily inspirational emails right to your inbox. And I'm doing something special right now and tailoring these messages to the things that lift our spirits during self-isolation, fear, and uncertainty. And it's helping. Just yesterday, I got a reply saying, thank you so much. These messages are going right to the core of what we need during these troubled times. And someone else who said, thank you so much for the morning mind love. They are everything. And when you sign up, you'll get some amazing free gifts, like a free guided binaural affirmation meditation designed to rewire your brain to a higher vibration. And you'll get one of my favorite tools, a booklet of my personal power lists to help you gain clarity and live with intention, even when you're stressed. And it's all completely free. So join over 8,000 people and go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Stacia Sinesvet to the show. Thank you so much. I'm excited to be here. So first, a little backstory on you before we get into our experience together. You are an intuitive and you helped me get in touch with one of my, I guess, past lives. So I'm curious, how did you first become interested in past lives specifically and also even in general, getting in touch with your intuition, because that's not something that all of us are taught? Yeah, that is a great question. So I'll try to be quick, but my whole life I spent being sick. So my childhood, I missed a lot of school with various illnesses. In my 20s, that manifested more as being exhausted, unmotivated, getting sort of diagnoses from doctors, whether you might be depressed, but not really. You might have chronic fatigue syndrome, but not really. Until finally later in my 20s, maybe 27 or 28, I found a course called How to Heal Yourself. And that course changed my life. I didn't really know what I was getting into when I signed up for it. 
but it turned out it was all about energy awareness. So understanding that everything is energy. Our body is energy. Our thoughts are energy. Our emotions are energy. Our spirit is energy. And through the course of that class, I learned how to ground and connect with the earth, get more in my body, and most importantly, release energy that's not mine. And what I realized is I'd been carrying around my whole life thoughts, feelings, energy from the world around me wasn't mine. And that was liberating to have that experience and start to feel so much better almost instantly. And the next step after that course was a program called the Clairvoyant Training. And I hesitated because in my mind, I thought if I was clairvoyant, wouldn't I be able to talk to ghosts and predict the future? I had those misperceptions around that. But I had enough change and healing in the first class that I decided to go ahead and take the next step. And the first six weeks of that clairvoyant training was how to read energy. So we learned how to read aura layers, how to read past lives. And that course was so validating for me when we learned this format, this technique, and began to practice with our classmates. And to read a past life and feel like it's something out of your imagination, but to read it for a peer across from you and then hear from them how validating it was and how it made so much sense for them, it was amazing. And so from there, I went on to take a year-long deep dive into this work, reading past lives and energy, learning how healing it could be, and essentially peeling back the layers of my lifetime and past lifetimes of traumas and untruths, things that I'd taken on and really learning how to connect back in with my truth, myself, my spirit. And then from there, I went on to become a teacher and a spiritual healer. And it's just been so profound to be able to not only heal myself, but witness the changes that can happen within other people when they access information such as past lives, which we're talking about today. Well, first I want to know, you said that a lot of the misconceptions about being intuitive it is like, yeah, talking to ghosts or being fully psychic and knowing what's going to happen. <laughs> really, there'd be a lot more lottery winners, I'd assume, if that were the case. But I'm wondering, what is the reality of it? What does it really actually feel like when you're reading a life? What are you looking for? Well, it's hard to really definitively answer that first and foremost, because having taught and worked with hundreds of people now, the reality, the feeling of it is different for everybody. But what I know is that it begins to become real for people when they sense the parallels, you know, past lives often have parallels to the present day. They offer healing and wisdom for us. And you can't really get someone to believe that until they have the experience themselves. I myself probably had a perfect picture before I learned how to read past lives of what it would be like to see or know or be in one of my past lives. I thought it would feel like actually living it, like all of a sudden I was transported into another time or another place. And it's not necessarily like that. For me, when I close my eyes, I vividly see the story. Other people might close their eyes and just 
know or hear or see or feel. And it's about having guidance and learning to trust in what ways it comes in for you. And then also giving yourself permission if you're diving into this to find the truth of it for you. It's going to feel different for everybody. And where do you have permission to receive the knowledge, the wisdom, and the healing? That's really going to be different for everybody. And yeah, I don't really know if I can say much more than that, other than it's just such an honor for me to witness it. But the reality of it, how it comes in is different for every single person. We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. <laughs> and it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient, too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash MindLove today and get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash MindLove. Yeah, I can relate to that because I've always doubted those abilities. It's not like I close my eyes and I see a movie screen. Although it is interesting, lately that's been happening more. Certain times in meditations, all of a sudden I'll have like a really vivid visual. So I'm wondering what's happening for me. Is it my intuition evolving or am I becoming more aware or is that something that kind of unlocks later in life? Again, it's different for everybody. And yes, there is an evolution to it. One way that I see it or one way that I believe is that we all come in with these abilities, but then in childhood, our connection to our intuition 
and maybe the unseen world of energy gets invalidated pretty quickly. So when we're little, we might name a feeling we're aware of that our mom is happening, or we might say that we have an imaginary friend or something like that. And adults have been quick to name that as your imagination. Oh, that's just your imagination. That's not real. It gets invalidated and we disconnect from it over time. Some people stay much more in tune with it. But what I know is that we all have the ability to do it. Sometimes the analogy that I have is it's like learning to play the piano. Some people are more adept at it and can just take off right from the start at being really good at playing the piano and others need to practice. So the same thing with opening up to your intuition, you might, some people are more highly in tune with it and it's a matter of learning to trust it again, or some people are more closed off to it and they just need to practice. So it is an evolution of sorts and everybody comes in. And then another piece to that is I use the word clairvoyant, that clairvoyant training. We all have different ways that it comes in for us. So clairvoyant simply means clear seeing. So I can see images when I close my eyes. Some people are clairsentient, which means clear feeling. They just can feel things more. I have that ability to do all of these. And when I work with students, what happens is we hone into what they're good at. Maybe they're more of knowers, clear knowers, clear feelers, clear sealers, seers. But the more we practice, they begin to be able to notice and perceive energy in all of those ways. So when you guided me through my session, you were facilitating that with me rather than just reading my past life. And so I was told to close my eyes and start to see a visual. And first I felt like I was trying too hard. I know we went back and forth a few times where I'm like, I don't know if I'm just making this up. And you said that that's common. But I'm curious though, when it actually started to feel like truth for me though, was actually when all of a sudden I started telling some story that for all I know, maybe I was making up (laughs) and all of a sudden I got really emotional and started to cry. And (laughs) it was even saying, I don't know why I'm crying right now, but that kind of is what highlighted truth for me. Cause I'm like, would I be feeling this if this wasn't real? And so I'm curious though, I feel like that might be one way to differentiate between imagination and really actually getting in touch with your intuition, but we still do have imagination. So how are we supposed to go and just trust it if we also know how to use our imagination, if that makes sense? Again, it's something that you have to practice to learn how to trust. When I work with students, we do a very specific format that helps you to unfold or open up to that intuition. And when you're doing it with a group of other students is when it becomes validating because they can say, oh my gosh, I was witnessing the same thing or I'm aware of that that really holds true for me and you know nothing about me or things like that. And it is a really fine line sometimes this place between imagination and intuition. And it's sort of a reprogramming of sorts. to the, And how I see it is that The imagination is an expression of your intuition. So it's a way to begin to express and understand your intuition. There is a level of discernment happening. And that's what takes practice is learning how to know 
am I making this up or am I trusting this? And that's one of the benefits of being able to do it with other students or a teacher who can help you begin to discern that. And, you know, Melissa, when we looked at that past life for you, then it's holding the space and kind of breaking it down of like, what are the parallels to your present day? And you can begin to see how this story that you were making up had no sense in the moment, but then later the parallels begin to make sense. And I knew nothing about you before you and I had that session together. So yeah, the biggest word that I can use is practice. So for listeners, when we uncovered my past life, a story that ended up unfolding was being a woman and I had two, maybe twin boys, two boys though. And my husband I had a vision of saying goodbye to him and he was going off to war. And then I had a vision of an explosion and then I was raising these boys alone. And so it kind of brought up feelings of abandonment, never really trusting men to stay in my life. Like all sorts of things can be unraveled from that and how something like that might affect somebody. But that was the moment when I saw the explosion, I just like broke down, which was very interesting for me because I mean, this is just some random vision of like almost shadows for me. So why am I suddenly getting so emotional? And so that is something that I find most interesting is how can past lives be affecting our present day? What and why is that happening? Is it karma? Is it that our soul is carrying these experiences, even though our memory doesn't remember them? What is the main point of being able to go back like that? Yeah, that's exactly it. It's it's energy, memories our soul is carrying forward that might still be stuck in our space energetically, you know. So if you think about your present day life, maybe something happened when you were a child, a teacher yelled at you and told you that you were stupid. And as an adult, that might still affect you in very unconscious or subconscious ways. You don't really believe you're stupid, but sometimes you self-trash yourself every time you make a mistake. And so the belief, the philosophy with past lives is that, yes, that those soul memories carry forward. And when you say the word karma, how we look at karma in my practice is that we are by nature creative beings. Our souls have the ability to create and live and experience life and stories. And anytime we have an unmet want or need, that creates karma. Because if we want something or need something, we want to complete that creation. And so perhaps we lose a love in a past lifetime and we really want to be together with them again. Or perhaps we really want to not be alone or we want to not, we need to not be abandoned, even though everything was out of our control. That creates a loop that we desire to complete. So fast forward into present day, that can play out in different ways. Maybe it's that specific soul we're trying to find again, or maybe just in general, we're trying to create relationships that we feel safe and secure in and like somebody won't leave us, whether it's intentionally or unintentionally. And that's where the Akashic records come into play. You know, it's believed that they are like an energetic library of all the events, the stories that have happened. When I work with past lives with people, the past life comes up for a reason because 
we can find healing, we can find wisdom from the lessons we've learned before. But then once we read that, we really gain that information, then we can work with what I call your Akashic record keeper, which is like your librarian, a spirit guide (laughs) that works in your greatest and highest good to then put that book back on the shelf. So you're not filtering through your energy present day anymore. And then we can do some healing work around it to help release stuck blocks or old habits or patterns, and then begin to create a new space for you to move forward in trust and, you know, creating supportive, loving relationships, or it could one lifetime, the story that you saw could mean so many different things for different people and what healing they need in the moment. I'm always interested in kind of seeing how intuitives view this existence, because as an intuitive, you have access or as somebody who's just in touch with their intuition, I'm coming to learn that (laughs) it is accessible for all. And so I don't want to just categorize some people as having this ability and other people not. But as somebody who is in touch with that, you're able to access a realm of information that other people might still be closed off to. So I'm curious, at this point in life, what would you say is your understanding of our lifetime? Do we have a mission here? Does it have something to do with our past lives? Are we trying to accomplish or is this existence mostly for play? How do you view it? (laughs) Well, I guess you could say all of the above. My belief is that, yeah, we come here with specific lessons we want to learn. My belief is that we choose the parents and the family and the situations to learn and grow. And sometimes we learn and grow really fast and then we can bring our choices into present time. So maybe I've healed from some past lives that perhaps I've been stuck in. And now as a conscious creator, I get to choose like, or be aware of where I might still need healing and what I want to create next. And yeah, for some people, I fully acknowledge that that's a tough pill to swallow. Some people don't like to believe that the tough circumstances we're experiencing are a choice. And I completely honor everybody's belief and where they're at with that. But for me, following this path has been extremely healing and has offered a depth and awareness and a peace for me about being here. I agree. And actually, even what we're currently going through with this virus that's going around, you can view it through just the fear and the uncertainty and the unknown. You can also switch that to curiosity, which has really been helpful for me. But I also believe that somehow my soul chose this body in this specific time period in life. So what's in this for me? And somehow that just the acknowledgement of possibly accepting this before I understood is really helpful to even dealing with it because it's just like, ah, well, this is my human that's fighting against this, or this is inconvenient for my human, or this is scary for my human, but for some reason, my soul wanted me to go through it. So we're going, what's next? And that's just really helpful to open the door to exploring any given situation with a new mindset that makes me feel a little bit more open to what there is to be learned rather than like, okay, I guess I'll just get through this. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And one of the things it helps with in this understanding of karma is that you're bringing more conscious awareness to everything. And so you don't have to be a a quote unquote victim to the circumstance. It's like, okay, I recognize this is happening to me 
And how can I take charge? How can I choose to have more seniority over this situation? And oftentimes the first step of that is just learning to look at with neutrality where you've been stuck and where old trauma might've come in, whether it's this lifetime or past lifetimes. And you said the emotional piece is one of the things that helped you to believe it was real. But as we take steps in this training, we learn how to be neutral, to really observe from our space of intuition, to get the reading, to read that past life and then have the healing. And then we get to feel all of our feelings. I'm a big advocate of feeling the feelings. That's where we really heal. But sometimes they feel so overwhelming and we don't know why. And that can come from those past lives or energy that we've soaked up from people around us today. And then I also just want to say one other thing I've been speaking of the times that we're experiencing right now with this virus. If you think about that with the idea of past lives, we've all probably experienced epidemics and pandemics and the fall of civilizations before. Who knows if our civilization is going to fall, but it's definitely put something, putting some of our systems and structures to test. And so this can be another layer of the activation for people is that we've experienced this before and it was hard. (laughs) It wasn't easy. And one thing that I keep reminding my students of present day is that maybe we've all experienced this before, but this is the first time we've had modern medicine. This is the first time we've had technology like Zoom to be able to talk to our friends while this is happening. And also, again, from a past life perspective, this is probably the first time we've also been able to have a lot more freedom with the ability to talk about healing and magical things like we are right now. You know, in past lives, some of us may have been persecuted for being a witch or having great spiritual knowledge. So they're fun things to ponder, but also very healing as well. And it's always just naming where we're at. Yeah, we're having a different experience. It's hard for so many reasons, but also it's a new experience because we have technology and modern medicine and where can we trust our souls have led us to this place so we get to experience it this way this time. One thing you said in the beginning that I really resonated with was taking on other people's emotions. And part of why I think I numbed out my whole twenties was because everything was so overwhelming to me. I thought I was this total extrovert, but I was on all this Adderall. So of course I wasn't sleeping and wanted to be out all the time, but then I didn't want to feel. So between bulimia and drugs and drinking, like I was not going to feel. And one thing I uncovered being an empath was learning kind of how to protect myself from other emotions But what that's evolving for me now is trying not to label emotions as positive or negative. Like we've been taught that anger is bad, especially for women, or sadness is weak, or whatever these labels that have been put on things. And even if we're evolving enough to allow those things and not so directly label them in that way, I feel like people are still like, well, I feel bad or I feel good regardless of the emotion. And what I'm trying to work on right now is looking at my emotions with just being, just acceptance and love. Like what is bad about it? Is it actually even painful or have I been taught that this is pain? What is the reason that I even view this as a negative thing rather than something that's just liberatingly rushing through me? How do you feel about how our emotions speak to us and 
do you think of some of them as good and some of them as bad or some of them to guard against or do you just let them be? Do you think of some of them as good and some of them as bad or some of them to guard against or do you just let them be? I am a huge advocate for the wisdom our emotions can offer us. I don't believe there is good, bad, right, or wrong emotion. But absolutely with what you're saying, it is so important to learn how to observe and allow them. And what I've learned for myself, you know, I I was super sensitive and really emotional as a kid. And I shut that all off because it was embarrassing to be emotional and be called sensitive. And what I've learned is that our own emotion, our own feeling is manageable. We can garner wisdom from that and working with our intuition. So our intuition is the place where we can be the observer and neutrally observe what those emotions are and perhaps then be able to become aware of where we've taken on emotions and feelings that aren't ours because we're looking at it from the observer place and then we can move out what's not ours. So when emotions are overwhelming or unmanageable, it is a sign that you have soaked up other people's stuff and it's amplifying your own stories or feelings. It's making them confusing and overwhelming. So once you begin to really work with your intuition and partnership to be like, hey, what if this is mine? And what if this is not mine? Release it, let it go. Then you have what is yours. You can feel it. Some of my favorite phrases are name it to tame it and then feel it to heal it. But again, our Intuition is such a great gift in being able to separate out from what's not ours and get clarity and really then use the wisdom of our emotions because they're a guide. And I also see them sometimes it's like the weather, you know, the weather always changes. The clouds will pass over, the storm will roll through, the sun will come out again. And it's all important for our ecosystem to keep us healthy. It just really is. But learning how to work in partnership with your intuition can help you manage all of that. Does that make sense? It does. And it also just gives new meaning for me. Understanding the idea of past lives gives new meaning to the idea of your future self will thank you. I've (laughs) never been good at that. I've always been like, yeah, but my present self is here, right here, right now. (laughs) And I feel her more. And it's something that I've really had to learn over time. Like I was the girl who was like baking and tanning beds. And I was like, oh, whatever. By the time I'm old enough, they'll have a skin cream for that. Or getting tattoos that I knew I wouldn't like when I'm older, which I don't. And I should have listened to my mom. But I was just like, well, by the time I'm old enough, they will have the technology to remove these really cheaply. No, no, that's not how life works. But now I am better, first of all, at being like, okay, yes, I should do this now so that in the future, I'm not having to deal with this. It's still kind of hard for me to connect those things, but there's something about the idea that, okay, if I process this trauma now, or if I really feel this experience now, then in the next life, I'm going to be setting myself up for success. And then I only have to deal with what's going on in that life. And so it feels like this Rolodex of things that I have to go through and 
just start healing one at a time. And I'm, and I'm willing to do that in this life so that who knows what's going to happen in the next one, rather than leaving all the baggage for future Melissa. Like what if she is set up in the, <laughs> the perfect position for like the world to be her oyster, but then she's got all the shit that this Melissa <laughs> has left for her. That's a wonderful way of saying it. And it makes me think of a story. One of my mentors told me is that she had a rough life with her father. And when it came down to him dying on his deathbed, she consciously made the choice to sit there and use the tools and techniques that she had learned to update karmically from past lives and also the stuff that they'd been going through in this lifetime. Because next lifetime, if she crossed paths with him, she wants it to be neutral, a start anew. So instead of carrying forward the anger and the hurt and the trauma, she really made the conscious choice to let it go so that when they see each other again, it's from present timeness instead of from past entanglements. Does that make sense? Yeah. I'm curious about how you've used this in your own life. What have you found out from your past lives that you've then worked through? And is it something that you're kind of able to do. And once you've processed all your past stuff, then now you can just work in the future or are there still things that are coming up? Well, it's definitely a very layered process, you know, and it's always a joke. Oh my gosh, there's always more parent stuff to work on. (laughs) But what we're going through in our society right now is the perfect example for me personally, where ever since I started doing this work, a lot of my healing has been around health. You know, like I said, that's how I got here was me being sick. And I learned through looking at and healing and updating a lot of my past lives is that I've had many lifetimes where I died of illness before my time, so to say. And then the other pieces, I've also worked on a lot of money stuff for myself. You know, I was born into a family that didn't have a lot of money when I was a baby. My mom says we lived on $25 a month. <laughs> I don't know if that's possible, but it was the seventies, but I've always had this lack mindset when it came to money. So that's a lot of the work that I have personally been doing. And it's been so validating for me right now, while we're in this pandemic, this crisis that is also entangled in financial hardship for people. I'm not afraid that I'm going to get sick and die like I would have been 15 years ago if this happened. Money is not freaking me out. I'm not panicked about it. You know, I might not be sure where rent's going to come from next week, but it's not a spiral end of the world like it would have been previous to me having done a lot of the past life work and the present time healing work that I've done. But interesting. Interestingly, because we're in a crisis, the energy is so intense in the earth. It is showing me other things that I've been afraid of that I didn't really look at because they weren't the big screeching clowns in the closet, so to say, of money and health. So, you know, it's things that I was mildly afraid of when I was little are coming up really big now. And I'm like, ooh, that, that's a past life thing that I didn't look at because it wasn't so big and heavy on the surface. So there's always more. I'm excited to see. What happens next lifetime? I don't know. (laughs) But my belief is the more present time we can get and continue healing and being aware and consciously choosing to look at where we're triggered and activated and feel into it 
the more freedom we get as souls to create our reality in each moment. One thing that I was raised with religion that taught that not only was it not real, but it was almost an abomination to look at it. Like, you know, they really drill in that fear of like, you're serving another God if you consider reincarnation, all this stuff. So it's funny now, I feel like I'm just unraveling all these things and acknowledging that maybe sometimes at times when it feels harder to connect with, it's because I put all these blocks in place or all these blocks were put around me when I was growing up. But one thing that I encourage for people who do doubt things like this is sometimes it doesn't matter if you fully believe as long as you're open to the idea of healing with it. And what I mean by that is I could completely distrust past lives, but still somehow take what's learned from that practice and say, there will be some things that trigger me that don't have an explanation in this lifetime. And you don't even have to say in this lifetime. It could just be, there'll be some things that trigger me that don't have an explanation that I can't find the why just in a normal therapy session. And that's okay. Give it extra love and still process those things. Even if you didn't have a trauma in this lifetime as a child or a dog didn't bite you and somehow you have a terrifying feeling of dogs or (laughs) drowning or whatever it might be. And so I encourage people to still take ideas that maybe they have a harder time to believe or take the the through lines of other religions, other belief systems and see what still feels true for you and also what still can find healing for you. And another thing that has been really helpful in just understanding past lives, I read a book called Many Lives, Many Masters, which is a super quick read. Or if you get the audiobook, it's like an hour and a half. And one thing that was really reassuring for me is the idea it's this therapist that did not believe in past lives, but it came out in one of his hypnotist sessions. Basically, he was just accessing a patient's past lives. It was really fascinating. But what he came to understand from then diving into that practice and actually learning to read past lives is that a lot of times souls come back in groups or they'll reincarnate in groups. And so if you're terrified of losing your mother or your husband or your daughter or whatever, a lot of times these souls will reincarnate together, but with different places in each other's lives. And I found that so fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's super fascinating. I read that book too, actually a few years before I found this work. And I can say that I've met many people that I can clearly know in my heart now, oh, I've known you before. And I think even before I did this work for myself, I had that feeling when I would cross paths with people. And it's really fun. My daughter, I have two kiddos and and they're both pretty intuitive in their own unique ways. But my daughter, when she was two or three, she would say, and next time I'm going to be the grandma and you're going to be the dad and (laughs) I'm going to be the brother, the lifetime, the time after that. And, you know, I hadn't taught her about past lives at all, other than, you know, what she probably learned in utero and she's coming in with as a soul. So yeah, we do play these different roles. And a lot of times it's trying to work out karma, unfinished business with people. And karma does not have to be a bad thing. Sometimes it's a really good gift to to complete these cycles with people. And it's recognizing when it's creating a, a challenging pattern to huh, I can choose to disengage from that instead of feel like I'm a victim to it. But touching upon what you said about the belief in it, I am always a big encourager of skepticism. 
And honestly, the people who come in to my classes, maybe it's just to learn about energy and grounding. The people who come in with the most skepticism, but give themselves permission to see what happens, usually have the greatest healing. It's just that level of permission to entertain something that's different and see what happens. Yeah, it's kind of the premise of my podcast. I believe that opening your mind will give you more possibilities. It's open minds to expand possibilities. And again, you don't need to feel gullible or taken or whatever our fear of this, like believing something that might not turn out to be right, or somebody's going to judge us for this belief or whatever. But it's such a good practice to just expand outside your comfort zone or to put yourself in somebody else's shoes or to even entertain the idea for an afternoon. Like, what if that was true? What would that mean for me? And see what you can take from that, because there's always something to be learned if you shift your perspective. I'm also curious, though, I've heard about new souls and old souls. My whole life, I feel like people have been telling me I'm an old soul. Is there truth to that? And if so, is there any insight into why somebody would be like hanging back in soul land and be like, well, I don't want to try that until right now. I'm going to wait till the 2000s. (laughs) Go incarnate. I believe there's truth to that. And again, I'm not sure that I have the exact answer for you, but I also believe we go through cycles. So yeah, we have, there's old souls who are like, yeah, I'm doing this. And a lot of people who come into my classes, there are people who like to do all the healing work and have massive growth period and change in their lives. And then there's other people who just like to baby step things. I don't know if I really like change and, but, or maybe something happened over time through a cycle that traumatized us and we get stuck. We don't want the change. So it's difficult to really explain, but I fully believe that there's some newer souls and there's some older souls and there's some souls that are perhaps really old souls that have not incarnated for a long time, but they're showing up now because they're like, Ooh, I'm here for this. It's going to be a fun roller coaster ride. I don't know. And then there's, you know, we all got to start somewhere, right? So there's some souls who are like, hey, I'm ready. Let's start my lessons there on earth and see what happens. So speaking of starting somewhere, I would love to give listeners some sort of practice or something that they can do at home to help create a clear connection between them and their intuition. What would be the first steps for people who are interested in this but might not have a guide to help them through it? So I would say... One of the very first things you need to do if you really want to open up to your intuition is similar to that first class I took, How to Heal Yourself, learning practices of how to let go of energy that's not yours, because that's what's clouding up your connection to your intuition. Maybe it's the program from the church that doesn't want you to believe in this, or maybe it's just your mom's energy that you carried throughout your life, or maybe it's you're so inundated with all your work energy, your day-to-day to-do list that you can't get quiet and tune in to your intuition. So very simple, basic meditation practices that bring you into connection with your body to still the mind. I don't believe we can make our minds stop having thoughts. That's a false perception about meditation. So guided visualizations can be really helpful to have you focus and notice what's going on in your body. It's about reconnecting with your body 
and then learning how to tap into your intuition, which is actually in the center of your head. (laughs) We think about our mind as getting in the way, but when we teach people to tap into their intuition, it's in the center of their head. Well, thank you so much for everything that you've shared with us today. For listeners who are interested in connecting with you, maybe doing a reading with you or doing one of your many courses, where is the best place for them to connect with you online? Thank you. Yeah. So my main website is called wooversity.com. So a lot of people have called me woo-woo over the years and I decided to just own it. There are some classes on there. There's a basic class called Reclaim Your Space, which will teach you the techniques that I mentioned of the How to Heal Yourself class. So it's about reclaiming your space, learning how to connect in with your energy, release what's not yours, set your energetic boundaries, and connect with your intuition. So wooversity.com, W-O-O-V-E-R-S-I-T-Y.com has courses on there as well as a link for healing sessions with me. All of the links from this episode will be at mindlove.com slash 129. So I'm curious, what are your thoughts on past lives? I want you to reach out to me on Instagram at mindlovemelissa and let me know. Do you have any experience uncovering or understanding anything from your past lives? And how did that help you or heal you? This week, I challenge you to play around with this idea. One thing that's really been helpful with me is using little mind games when I'm doing my meditations. It keeps me coming back. You know, sometimes we can get bored of wanting to go sit in stillness on a cushion for 20 minutes a day. So I like to play around with it. What moods am I in? Am I in the mood to find stillness today? Or am I in the mood to let my imagination run wild and see where it takes me? So since this reading, one thing I've been playing around with is sitting in stillness and just asking myself a question and seeing what it leads me to. Asking something like seeing what visuals come up and just trusting that to play out and become more vivid and asking myself what is in this for me, seeing if my knowing will answer it. The more that I do this, the more I build this deep relationship with myself, the more I feel guided by not only myself, but spirit guides or whatever other universal intelligence that there is for me to access. And again, you don't have to just believe in this immediately. Maybe you never have to believe in it. But I do challenge you to ask yourself, what can I take from this? What can I play around with in my mind today? And what does that lead to? How does that open my mind to understand somebody else more or understand myself or my past or somebody in my family? The more that you practice this, the less power your mind will have over you and the more power you integrate together with your mind, body, and spirit. For those of you that are helping support Mind Love by becoming a member, I will have the full audio file from my past life reading with Stacia. So if you haven't signed up and you're curious about that, go ahead and sign up now. Please rate, review, share this with a friend, take a screenshot and tag Mind Love Melissa or Mind Love Podcast. And as always, thanks for giving your mind a little love today and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 